Welcome back to the Inside Dirt Motocross Show, as Duran Stapleton likes to call it. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Inside Dirt Show with Joe Stevens. What's happening, everyone? It is Monday, the 27th of May. This is uh, episode number eight. Duran Stapleton, Joe Stevens, and Darnell producing the show, the man behind everything. How we doing, boys? Pretty good yourself. Sorry, I forgot to turn my own microphone on. Yeah. Worrying about everyone else. That's how, how that job goes. I'm good. I'm good, Duran. Um, just want to apologize to everyone. We haven't had a show in, I think, like three weeks. Um, that's my bad. I kind of had a few little health problems, ended up in the hospital a couple of weeks ago for stayed overnight. Um, so, yeah, I, I've needed to have a little bit of rest. So, uh, no extracurricular activities like the podcast, unfortunately, for me. Something wrong with your voice box? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, there's always something wrong with that. Nah, just um, we're good now, so we're back to it. And um, yeah, so for all our faithful listeners that have been hitting us up, it's kind of like the mid-season break anyway, so there really hasn't been a whole lot going on as far as the MX Nationals goes. But, Duran, this is um, what we're here to talk about. This is the, I guess you call it the Aussies Abroad-themed uh, episode. We have got some AMA motocross to talk about. We've got a lot of Aussies in the AMA right now, and we've got a lot of Aussies in MXGP. So we're going to spend the next hour or so talking about how everybody's doing overseas. I think we're quite lucky at the moment. We've got quite a number of Aussies. There's more than I can remember in a long time over there. And it's good to see, uh, like, Wilson Todd and Todd Waters and people like that actually going over on their own dime just to you know, race sort of the best best guys in the world. It's pretty gnarly when you think about, like, I don't think people appreciate the expense and that's probably something you can help the, the listeners break down. Like, you've done Supercross over there as a privateer. I know outdoors maybe be probably similar as far as expense. Oh, it's massive. Even just to go over and buy a car and, and then I was sending bikes sort of over there because I didn't have the money to go buy race bikes. and. I and still can't believe you were doing that. That would have cost you a fortune. It did. In the end, it was pretty silly. Because <laughs> I shipped a couple back from there back in the day, and it was, I don't know, it wasn't crazy expensive. but Well, for us, it varied so much, the um, customs and all that sort of stuff. One time, um, the only way I got my bikes was uh, Brayton's mechanic. Uh, I used his social security number uh, to get them released from customs. Otherwise, they were getting sent back home, and I had nothing to ride. Wow, that's where you messed up though because when I did it, I sent two crates to two different addresses. So I sent my chassis. Well, I'm not as corrupt <laughs> as you and not trying to rot the system. I'm not paying import tax on something I already own. It's so hard all that stuff. Like um, It's always rolling the dice whether you take your suspension on the airplane or you send it beforehand because I've gone through uh, America um, there and back with suspension, no problems. And I've also been stuck at the airport uh, trying to figure out a way to get my suspension home. So my, for anyone listening that wants to send bikes, I've spent a lot of time riding in the States, so I'm going to help you guys out. So if you want to send a bike back, I've never shipped to America, Duran, but bikes coming back, you send like your motor and your, your frame and your electrical and everything um, in one box. 
and you send that to one address and you send. So that's what I, oh, well, I didn't do the two addresses, but I did the. No, no, you got to do two addresses in two different names, right? And then you send everything else. So it's your wheels, you take your tires off, you do your plastics and your suspension in another box and you send it to another address. So I sent one to the local shop I was riding out of and I sent one to my house and it was here in like two days. Lucky for the listeners, they've got you in their back pocket. And there you go. Uh, uh, and then suspension, you can you can travel to America with it, but don't ever try and fly out of LAX with suspension because you'll never get it out of there. I was dumb enough to try and take a motor once out of LAX. <laughs> I <laughs> would have loved to hear you I try to explain this that. old black dude just um, was absolutely reamed me out because you opened up the box of the motor and it just smelled like Pro 6. <laughs> it was no way that was getting on the plane. But no. Nah. You're lucky you didn't end up in Guantanamo Bay or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, so AMA Motocross, we've got um, we've got Dean Ferris, Todd Waters, Wilson Todd, Hunter Lawrence, um, Cody Cooper. Oki Caro is kind of like an adopted Aussie, so I want to talk about him a little bit as well. And uh, Tyler McCoy, he's riding 250s out there too. So that's that's a decent amount of riders racing AMA right now. Yeah, it's pretty impressive, and it's not like um, we're doing that bad. We've got... What Ferris is in the top ten. Uh, Todd yep. Waters is just hovering around there, and um, Wilson killed it uh, until the round two. Obviously, at round one, he uh, got good enough results to get a filling ride. So, uh, hopefully, he's doing Colorado this weekend and and can put in another impressive performance. Yeah, I don't know. I heard well, I talked to Boyd Hocking, the DPH like team manager. I saw him at the track during the week last week, and I think he said he's staying out there for Colorado. Well, um, originally. I thought he was only doing the first two. And that Todd, was the plan, and yeah. And Todd Waters was doing the first three. But I guess that changes when you get a factory team hitting well, you up. Yeah, I, and that's why I said to Boyd. I, was, I said, a um, bit of a risk for you guys as far as DPH. Like, obviously, they're cool enough to let him go over there. I don't know if they would have much of a say in him not going over there. But he's leading, like, when stuff like this happens, like this weekend where he has a massive first-time crash and could have quite easily got really injured. Well, the other end of that is what happens if he – does go out this weekend in uh, Colorado and gets the top 10 again do, and they offer him to fill in for that ride for the rest of the season, what do you do? Because if you're Wilson Todd, uh, you have to take it because nah, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. you got to come back. Do you? I suppose contracts and all that. Well, contracts, number one. Number two, he ain't making any massive bonuses. Over, well, he probably would make massive bonuses over there if he won a championship or got on the podium. But, but realistically... But chump change compared to that. You know, I don't know your definition of chum change, but some of them championship wins over here, I'd be happy to take that chum change. Yeah, I guess, but in saying that, if, if like TLD KDM's the factory team, and if they offer you a ride, it's going to be pretty hard for him to say no. I, I feel like the only reason he would not do it is because of Husky back here and stuff like that making Well, you'd burn a lot of bridges, though, if he did that. Would yeah, you? but you're still in the KDM family, aren't you? <laughs> you're still wearing the same gear. Yeah, can you just imagine that? Like, this is, it's never going to happen. So this is not, we're not speculating. This is, I can't see it happening, dude. Well, hopefully. You're telling me that the points leader is just going to be like, nah, I'm good. I'm going to stay in America. Been there, done that, won the title last year. Off to bigger and better things. Well, surely he's going to come home, win the championship, and then probably do really good in Supercross. I guess. Wilson Todd, this is, if if you guys didn't keep up with who we're talking about. But uh, hypothetically... He goes this weekend and he wins Colorado and then uh, just says, see you later to the Aussie series. Who wins? Oh, okay. Wow. Um, 
See, there's two people I, I think would win. There's obviously the big one at the moment after winning two rounds is Webster. Webster, yeah. But I reckon another just would come through. Everything would come together for him once again. Jay Wilson would win the title, I reckon. Jay's never out of any title. Is no. He, he, he just, can always find a way. Yeah, there's just he's got that something that can just put himself in those good positions and he probably would end up winning that if uh, Wilson he, didn't he come He just back. grows a beard and does man shit in the second half of the series normally. Yeah, always comes. He does that. Uh, Mosey does. Uh, just gets those last few... <laughs> no, not like that, sorry. Gets those podiums in the last few rounds of the year and always gets right. True. Um, well, I was going to start with 450s, but let's go back. We're on the 250 subject of Wilson Todd, so let's start there. So Wilson Todd, he... Um, we finished Murray Bridge, and he goes out, uh, like you said, Durant, on his own dime. I think there's a couple people help him over there, that grindstone compound, like that training Well, to program. even get a TLD amateur bike, you got to be somewhat uh, so I think connected. Johnny McLean or someone has helped him out. Right. A few people, so he got an amateur TLD team. Yeah, had Max Lee or some, Max someone. Um, is, so it was just a junior um, TLD KDM. But let's be probably, honest, that's probably going to be a good it's bike. It's probably equivalent to his bike back here, but it's definitely not factory equipment. No, no. Um, so coming into parlor this weekend, I wonder how big of a difference that was. He's got a factory motor for the first time and he's got 52s on the front and and, and st- everything like that. I wonder how much of a difference it really was for him. So unfortunately, we never got to see it. But if we go back to Hangtown, so he goes out and he's really completely unknown. I mean, America's, Americans typically don't know anything that's going on outside of AMA. Um, so he goes out and... You want to jump in? Oh, it's like you two talking about Justin Rodbell before the season and started. I had no idea yeah. what was going on. That's you two uh, every week, most on. of the time. Wilson's won an Aussie title and he has done quite well in Supercrosses with Americans around. Surely, of, he's not going to be... He's obviously going to be unknown over there, but I wouldn't compare it to Rod Bell. You know, I would, though, because you know what's funny? Like, I listen to the... As we all do, I listen to the Pulp and Mech show, right? And um, I was listening to the review from Hangtown, and, and they're talking about... And they're like, is it Todd Wilson? Is it Wilson Todd? And they're like, they didn't know if who he was in Oz. Oh, like, from their standpoint, yeah, they wouldn't give a... Who, who, yeah, they had no... And, and they didn't know anything about him. They're like, I wonder if he's doing the whole series. Like, they didn't... They obviously... Because why would you? Like, why would you go bypass all the big stars in the States to go find some triple-digit dude out the back that, you know, you didn't know? Um, clearly, after that round, it changed everyone's... Everyone knew who he was because, like... Let's look at Hangtown. Um, he goes out and he's second in the unseated practice and qualified sixth. That's pretty impressive with all them guys laying down heater laps, especially being in the second practice after uh, the you know uh, group one. So to qualify sixth, that's probably and what to me in really the states, that ride. yeah, that's what I was going to say because they love lap times over there, don't they? Like they feel like they can work off speed more than anything as far as results goes. It, I don't know. I mean, I've never. Not in, in my experience, but that's all I hear is they love the, the times and, and the speed situation. Well, having that factory bike as well for this weekend in Colorado is going to be massive because of the altitude, everything's really slow. Mm. And um, that's just going to help him that little bit more, especially compared to the bikes that he sort of was around at round one. He'll have that little bit more advantage and hopefully that will mean, you know, better results or that seventh, eighth sort of area. Well, the original plan was um, two rounds and... I think, like I said, talking to Boyd Hawking the other day, I think he said that he's going to do the third round now. Um, I haven't had any confirmation from anybody on that, but I'm assuming that that team still needs a fill-in rider. Well, and if I'm honest, Mitchell Falcon 
uh, Sean Cantrell have been pretty shit. Yeah, and honestly, so McElrath, like Shane McElrath, did you see that Moto uh, 2 in the, the 250 class where he hole-shotted and just went backwards like real quick? Yeah, I would accept, expect him to sort of turn it on towards the end of the year. Like he won that motor in uh, uh, Washougal last he's, year. Yeah, he's got mad potential. I mean, he nearly won that motor at Southwick a few years back and he had that big crash. But And he won Muddy Creek, didn't he, last year? So I think so. For him, I think he's had that little bit of time off pretty much just to not point out. But Yeah, was that the injury or was that the points? Like, Well, he's obviously not started as good as he would have hoped. And I think that surely that KDM team next year's got a bit of a shake-up. Like, that, that's not good, those results that they've got. I know that McAlraff and uh, Jordan Smith are sort of the title contenders for Supercross for that team, and it just didn't work this year. But yeah, the other guys like Cantrell and Falk and that, surely they don't deserve those rides after the effort they've really put in. Yeah, but they're first-year rookies. Yeah, but... Well, not, no, they're not. Cantrell was... Was Cantrell a rookie last year? year? Was he... Yeah, well, he was number 43 last year, so he did the outdoors the year before. Yeah, so okay. he's really in his, well, his second full year. But I mean, uh, that team, honestly, other than Star, I don't think anyone's been signing good rookies. You look at Pro Circuit, like March Banks has done pretty good, but not like standout. Not like back in the day you would think uh, PC, they signed the riders, and like Villapoto, yeah. and all, like they're coming in their podiums immediately. But I don't think riders are doing that anymore. Like, no, when was the last time a, a rookie came out and done that? AC would have been the last one to do that with Supercross. Nah, he was... Mm, yeah. Well, Supercross, yeah, but even the year before uh, in the motocross when he had Salmonella and all that to begin the year, he sucked. Well, and you look at Star Yamaha now, like, they're rookies. Um, you had... Uh, who's that new guy for outdoors? Masterpool. Masterpool. He'll be good. He'll be good, but he did okay. Um, I think the most impressive rookie in a long time has been um, uh, the kid from New York. Justin Cooper. Justin Cooper. See, it's kind of a shame that he's so good, uh, given the fact that he's the most boring person on the earth. It's have you, have you listened to his podium interviews? It's like you just want to hit the dude and try and get him to talk because he's so boring. Interesting fact about him: Mad Skills World Champion. You know the iPhone game. Yeah, I, yeah, I've world said champion. Stuff about that. Yeah. On the, yeah. Maybe you should put the phone down and get some sh- social skills. I don't know. The chicks look like they were digging him pretty hard on the podium. Did you see that Moto memes on Instagram? No, I didn't. No, sorry. I just had one of the podium chicks looking at him and, yeah. Well, maybe with those results, he's just absolutely killing it. You but see, maybe, like, if you'd have won AMA Nationals, you wouldn't <laughs> need the game you've got. That's not even in the realm of possibility. <laughs> but I'm saying, if you'd have if you'd have won an AMA or something, you wouldn't need the, the game you've got with the ladies because the results would get them for you. I've got no game with the ladies, so I'm just failing in every way. But um, not what it's we hear kinda, off air. Don't you think it's cool that... Like someone like Cincerello is, he gives a good interview, interview afterwards, and he gives some insight to the racing. It just seems like Cooper just, I know he's a like quite yeah, young, he's, he's just a, reading sponsors off a pit board behind the camera. AC is an exception though, like he's an exception to the rule because most moto guys at that age can't even spell their own name, let alone. And I'm not bagging them out, but they're young. They've got a lot of pressure on them. They don't know what to say. We do it all the time with NRG TV and the podcast. Like you talk to these youngsters, they. I think they're so afraid of showing a personality in case they say something wrong. Yeah, but I, I, yeah, maybe. Like, well, you, you're right, but I think for Justin Cooper, he's going to be. A, he's either going to win the title this year or he's in the future years. He's oh, going to be a sure. title guy, and the, he just needs to, you know, speak up a little bit more and not just 
talk of a script pretty much. The biggest thing for Cooper is he's the fastest qualifier. Like he was a rookie last every season. Every time pretty much. And he was a fastest qualifier at every track he went to. And in AMA, they get two 15-minute sessions to learn the track. Well, if you saw last year at Hangtown, when he led that first motor, he looked kind of scrawny and quite small on the bike. And this year he doesn't seem to be like that it seems like he's a lot more comfortable leading those laps he's won what the first two motos uh well the first the first motos of the first two rounds mm. um so it's pretty amazing that he hasn't won an overall yet uh with all the motos that he's won he's still yeah they were saying that like it, it's crazy as it sounds he still hasn't won an overall um well, it's crazy that ac's only this is only his third it's so hard in the ama to win uh, overall like winning, especially in two fifties. I thought uh, Ferrandis would have been a lot better. Like I understand that he hasn't got the starts, and that class is just the starts. It's so if important. If you watch that class, it's so much better to watch compared to the four fifties. Like this, just it, I so don't know that dudes. that four fifty moto one at Parlour was crazy. That's another thing to talk about, Roxon. That's right. disappointing. Let, before, because we're doing this thing where we get way off topic and we haven't even finished talking about Wilson. <laughs> Sorry, topic. it's cool, but we need to. There's no real script tonight, um, and we should probably let everyone know. Like, there's no guests tonight either. I wanted to get some guys on from the states, but I looked at the time difference, and it's about three a.m. in the morning right now. So, um, unless they're on Duran's Tinder schedule, they're probably not awake right now. <laughs> I I'm in bed by eight. Don't worry about me. <laughs> and um, all right, so Wilson Todd qualifies sixth at Hangtown. That's for sure. What got him the fill-in ride at KDM? Now, the the hard part's been with the TV. I know you were watching the races finishing up like i didn't get to watch a lot of hangtown i've watched most of parlor but i haven't seen much of wilson or ferris or waters on tv because they're not getting the starts well after his you know awesome results well i wouldn't say awesome but so he goes really 15 9 for 12th overall at hangtown which is impressive and in the 15th i'm not sure that moto obviously went uh, perfect to plan for him, but he showed in that second moto that with a ninth that he's Dude, got the speed. A top ten on a privateer bike in in AMA motocross, like that's I don't think people understand how big of a deal that and is. And coming into this weekend, I thought that this would probably be one of the hardest rounds for a lot of these Aussie guys to go and do because if you if anyone that's ridden over there knows, like twice a week or at least once a week on Tuesday and Pro Day, they're all riding parlor. So for someone like Wilson Todd or Todd Waters that had come over and, and have to race that, there's, it's just like going to a home track for pretty much all the local riders yeah. that are based in California, and it just makes that a little bit hard. So I'm not reading too much into the parlor results. For one, it's not like a real motocross track. It looks like it's completely man-made uh, with all these obstacles. It's not like a traditional motocross track. Well, so, as far as, like you said, as far as a racetrack that um – you got Hangtown, Parlour, and Colorado. I'd say four Aussie riders, probably three of the least. Maybe Colorado because it gets super ruddy. Um, but the first few rounds of California, like the least favorable tracks for our Aussies to do any good at, in my opinion. Yeah, especially Parlour, just because yeah. it's such a home sort of yeah, like town. You go out there nearly every day of the week. You can ride out there, open to the public, um, and that's. You know, Glen Helen, Parlour, Lake Elsinore, like those are the tracks on rotation in Southern California. Now, you've ridden Parlour, obviously. Um, I've ridden Parlour as well. Um, and I don't think, you know, Glen Helen, Parlour, like the tracks are maybe not as good as they look from the outside looking in. What do you think? What's your opinion? I always enjoyed Parlour, just the surface I sort of really gelled with, but it's amazing. Uh, 
how everyone lo- seems to love Glen Helen, mm. and I sucked. So I thought going there, it's a little bit sandy. I'm going to be pretty good there. I was so far off the pace every time I rode there. It's like a, it's really slippery. It's compared n- to what yeah, I was it's expecting. not sandy at all. It and looks it, but yeah, and those to carry the speed and that down the hills and just everything like that. Like it's really hard to be fast at Glen Helen, especially because they're all so good around yeah, I mean, a track like that. Most of, so much. you know, say for us, it's like Rosebud or Frankston or Park 4. Those are the tracks in rotation when, you know, say you were growing up, like you would have done that for years. Um, but, you know, Glen Helen, like those kids have literally grown up riding when I say those kids, those guys that are riding 250 privateers, 450 privateers, they would have ridden Glen Helen once a week for the last 15 years. And the thing with Glen Helen uh, is obviously it needs to be on the schedule. It's just sort of a staple in California uh, with the track, but it really shows the difference between the factory 250s and the privateer guys because yeah, those hills power. just suck it out. I remember going up uh, one of the hills in a super mini pretty much uh, matched my pace up there on my 250 and I was like, damn, I'm down on power. Yeah. I used to do a lot of riding at Glen Helen in, in 06. And, um, yeah. Back in the day? Back in the day. That was my Thursday spot when I had a, a coach and stuff out there. And um, You're old. I was in grade four. I am old, yeah. I'm, I'm 31 years old. For motocross, that's ancient. How old are you, Duran? I'm 26, but I definitely feel a little bit older. I think you feel older than most. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I remember Josh Hill passing me uphill on a, a factory 250 Yamaha and um, – so that's quite funny you say that because I remember uh, when he was over here, he was saying that thing sucked. So it was like a 38 or 39 horsepower Yamaha. Well, either he was going a lot faster than me up the hill or the bike was fast. Either maybe way, you were just stuck in second. Maybe. So, Wilson Todd, <laughs> um, Parler, let's get to Parler. So he's 12th overall at Hangtown, gets the factory fill-in ride. Uh, I don't get. I didn't get his qualifying position at Pola. I'm not sure how he went. Maybe we can try and find that out real quick. But anyway, you see his Instagram post, Duran. He basically gets completely mangled at that video up in the first term where everything went sideways. And honestly, I think he was lucky to walk away with that without injury. And that's that risk I was talking about earlier, where like the DPH team were cool with him going over there. But that could have been his season right there and then. Yeah, it would be a massive bummer if something like that happens, and if he's racing Colorado. Uh, then there's, uh, I guess, another chance of that. Like, obviously, would everyone would hope that something bad like that wouldn't happen, but it is a bit of a risk that um, I guess Wilson wouldn't be thinking about. But if you're uh, Dale Hocking or the DPH guys back here, um, there's obviously yeah. a big risk for them. He's leading the championship back here. That's his job. He's contracted to, you know, win the championship here. And but if something like that, that happens... That, that doesn't matter to you, though. Like, he... <laughs> contract well, I'm just saying that if if you're a rider and the ultimate goal for these guys that are at the top over here like um, is getting Wilson, overseas is getting yeah. over to either Europe or or um, obviously Wilson's really good at Supercross so he obviously wants to go to America so for him to have to turn down a ride it's got to be a little bit of a kick in, t- kick in the teeth for him he qualified 18th by the way at Polo okay now so basically, Wilson Todd, for those of you that don't know, he crashes in the first turn, massive wreck, the bike is mangled, he said on his Instagram post he was too sore to ride the second moto, um, Cole Peters said the same thing, he rode the second moto, but he was way off the pace, um, so obviously that crash was bad enough to put some guys out of contention. Well, you're so. carrying some serious speed in that first Yeah, that turn. whole track is fast, and I guess now we've finished with Wilson, finally we've stopped getting off topic, so he's, I'm assuming we're going to see him ride for TLD KDM at Colorado and hopefully he can put in it. I'm pretty sure he gets a ride on that team next year, honestly, would be my opinion. You reckon? I just feel like DaCosta's going to tell them to get their shit together and, 
and they're going to try and sign some big names to yeah, get results because that team really, like KDM, if you think about KDM and, and Husky and all that worldwide, they're the leaders in everything and they're kind of shit the bed a little bit. Their 250 year. program's definitely been yeah. lackluster. So for them to sign Wilson, who's going to be a top 10 guy, I just can't see that, but it would be awesome if it happened. Yeah, but like, who are you going to take Wilson, Todd, national champion, qualified six, he's had a top 10 in a moto, or are you going to take another amateur kid that's coming up? Like, I know? wouldn't take an amateur kid, but... Or uh, these teams do, though, especially KDM. Like, they that's seem... That's because they're signed from, like, when they're... Five 12. years old, yeah. yeah. They get these long deals, but I don't know. I think that's... It's it's the way they do it over there. But, you know, talk about... And we'll talk about the track at Pile. Like, I said to you guys before we started the show, I could not believe how smooth that first 250 moto was. And even the 450 moto, like, the track was barely had any bumps or ruts on it. Yeah, I guess that's true... I think because it's just so fast mm-hmm. um, and it sort of is when you go there, it's not actually the width of the track from like where the spectators stand. It's not, it's really skinny. So they're actually, you know, covering a lot of distance Back lengthwise, but that just means that the straight, that's are true. Super actually long. like that pro track where they have the fenced off. Yeah. Like it's quite a small area. area. Yeah. So I think that's why it sort of uh, didn't form up until you know, the end of the day, it sort of started to get rough and, and that second line sort of developed because with all the motos, I think the racing was so close was no one to get make a pass. Well, you, you can had break to be away, setting yeah. it up like three turns before and, and, you know, almost just hoping that you can get around someone because everyone seemed to be, you know, such... If you were only a, sort of a second off, you seemed to be able to keep the person behind you. Hunter Lawrence, um, Hangtown... A lot of hype about Lawrence in America. Like, I think they've... I think so. There should be. Oh, for real. For sure. I'm not saying there shouldn't be, but coming into Hangtown, like, a lot of Lawrence bandwagon, like, people thinking he's going to do a lot of the good things over there. Well, I think people thought that he, you know, could do a Tomac and come out and win like he did in, what was it, 2010? Um, His first race, yeah. Yeah, just because he had that full pre-season of uh, outdoor testing and everything while everyone's riding Supercross, but... It unfortunately didn't go like that, but we still saw some speed out of him at, at Hangtown. I mean, I think Lawrence did everything right. Like, he went to MXGP, maybe didn't win a championship, but he really proved himself as a contender to win races and be a, a legit guy in the world level. Like we said before, it's kind of hard to almost think of him as an Aussie abroad because he's been gone for so long now. Um, that well, he never raced pro is. No, he didn't. The last time I saw him race over here was uh, he did Junior Aussies 2015. I think he's our biggest opportunity to have another. Like he's obviously, I don't think he can be a Chad Reed type of rider, but he's our closest thing that we're going to get. Could be, yeah. yeah, that could be. I'm not saying he can't be, but um, f- for him, he's done the whole overseas thing before he's been pro, and then went over and, and raced the MX, and then, then the two years in the MX2 class. I well, thought they did everything right, and the only thing I think they did wrong was. Um I don't think he should have done Supercross first. I think he should have gone outdoors first. What do you think on that? Well, it's a bit hard when uh, a company like Geico Honda's going to sign him and just say, sit out, which he did in the end do. Anyway. But that was because of injuries. So Yeah, I get that part. But, I mean, surely the experience would prove for it. It's like you take MXGP guys or Euro guys or Aussie guys or whatever, you put them in their first year of Supercross, they normally get injured. Well, look at Ferris, same thing yeah. when he was on the KDM. Like, the but smart thing to me would have been, look, we know you've got crazy speed outdoors. Like, like sit out Supercross, go do some preseason stuff in Europe, come back, you know, under the Honda family, well, whatever, and then 
and then be fully. I know there's a risk of getting injured regardless, but, but at some stage you got to start Supercross. And the big thing for Hunter was, I think it was sort of a big step was that he never, that I can recall, raced Supercross here. No, so I've listened to podcasts with him in the states, and he said that he'd never done Supercross. Like I think he might have raced one or two, but as a junior. So he's got to start somewhere, and he did get a little bit of time on Supercross this year. Uh, before yeah. he did get hurt, and it was only a collarbone injury, so uh, I'm he not didn't sh- he didn't race at all, though, did he? No, he didn't. No. So he's pretty much had the whole Supercross season to. Because I heard he broke the collarbone twice. He broke it once, yeah, got yeah. back on, broke it again. Yeah, is that true? I, I think so, but um, I still it it didn't really affect his uh, motocross prep. He obviously got a lot more motocross prep than it probably any worked other out class. better in the long run. Maybe I don't know. But so for me, with Hunter, the only thing is. So he was, what, like a sort of fifth-place guy speed-wise at Hangtown. Yeah. Parler, he was the fastest dude, in my opinion, in the motos. That I'm just worried that that might be because he's done a million laps around Parler during the week. So once we they go east, but how, is he going to be able to do the same thing? See, yeah, it's hard to say, isn't it? you can see it? how comfortable he was compared to Hangtown. Hangtown. He didn't look... I would say he didn't look himself. It's hard to say what he looks like because we haven't seen him race for so long since the MHGPs. But you see, this is the hard part with what happened to Hunter at Hangtown because I think he was just finding his flow and getting going. And then he crashed in that little downhill turn and got rear-ended by, it was a Hampshire? Hampshire? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And RJ, I I thought it was his foot peg, but you said it was his fork leg. Well, from what I've heard, it was his fork leg. I reckon if it was his foot peg... He would have his ass, another hole in his ass. Uh, yeah, I, if, if if it was a sharpened peg like those bikes run, it would have took a chunk out of his ass. It still would have hurt like a. Whole oh, did you see him laying there? You just go, oh. And you, he went to get up, and then he's like, nope. It's just this is and you, way too bad. You've done your coccyx. You know how bad that impact yep. hurts, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I guess the more just that when you get your ass cheek corked, like that is just it might not be the biggest injury, but far out it hurts. Mm. So if it, he did take a second and lay there, and that pretty much wrecked his moto. But what do you call for Colorado? Where are you going to put him in the results? Well, I don't after that second moto, he's gonna yeah, but be pretty confident. I don't know how those Geico Hondas are going to stack up at the altitude with horsepower. Well, maybe last year, but that, how did Martin look? Good did Martin do good last year? Uh, I don't think because their might. motors were garbage last year. I wouldn't say garbage, but they weren't on the start. Well, look, they weren't star or pro circuit. Spec. Yeah, that's true, but they've got a whole year and under development, and they seem that to be quite good. That 19 is better. Like, that 19 is better production, and it seems like they've got their motor sorted out. Don't you think, so, how freak of a thing in that first moto he landed on that rock and, and yeah, I really his. wanted to talk about that. So, I actually saw his Instagram post before I watched the racing, Um and he said that a rock hit his sump and basically it cracked the casing was leaking oil. Uh, as for Geico Hondas at Colorado, Martin went 2-1 for the overall last, last year. year. So okay. Geico oh, he bikes. Too, yeah. remember he was, the big thing was he was training with Tomac. So yeah, that's when everyone was yeah, blowing up. Yeah, yeah everyone yeah, was yeah, blowing him about um, being in Colorado. Well, I said blowing up, not blowing him. Well, like, yeah, everyone way. jumped on the bandwagon there because... Yeah. Osborne had that first turn crash. But That's anyway, right. so yeah, talking about the Hondas with the – they've got that special oil. Um, I guess from what I can understand, the Hondas don't have uh, a lot of oil pressure and that's sometimes why they're nipping up a little bit on those new models. Okay. So they've got that, I guess, the special 
part. I'm not a mechanic. Special part on the oil pump. And I yeah, think but you're, that's a, what you're, he a tech, out. you're a tech guy. But I think that's what the rock ripped out, not the sun. Well, you can see on the footage, it goes over that like scrub jump into that right-handed rut and they were landing in the rut and accelerating. And you can see that he, he's seen it in the air and yeah. he tried it, but it, nah. And you can see it bobbles his front wheel, hits the motor and it flicks out the side. And it must have obviously took about four laps, I think, for that oil pressure to start to drop. Um, and then that's when he starts losing horsepower and he comes together with Jordan Smith. And man, that crash could have been a whole lot worse. It's crazy that, so, and I always think this with like practicing, you could do a million hours on a practice bike and it never has any problems. And then you go to a race and it's happened to me as well. You just have a freak thing that you could never do while you practice. Just have something that, like imagine how many laps Hunter's done around Parlour in this off season. And I know it's not ripped as deep and everything like that, but... For he him just to can't. just land on a rock and rip out his oil thing or whatever, yeah. like how unlucky is that? He can't replicate race conditions, man. It doesn't matter how hard you try. The only thing that does it is racing. And I can't see him as it being, you know, like a, a massive title favourite this year, like to be a factor in the title. Dude, the Americans, be a bit the Americans think he is. Yeah, he might be a little bit inconsistent with this first year not being to all the tracks, but that I mean, he's, DNF is really going to yeah, be he's, in the points. But he's Geico's biggest hope at a title. There's no one else on that team now. Martin's out. Well, wouldn't you think that you would hope Sexton would st- – he's not going to be, I guess, a title favourite, but – No, I mean, you compare Sexton on the east to the speed they were going in the west in Supercross. Like, he's good, but he's not – and I might eat my words here. I'm sure we can record this and but I'll don't be you wrong, think with Hampshire, he went second in the first moto, didn't he, at Parlour? RJ's too and inconsistent. He, and he won Bud's Creek last year. He won the GP at WW Ranch where we're going this year. Yeah. So – to say he's not, like, I understand he might not be on the Cooper and Cincerillo and, and Ferrandis level, but I think he... I mean, RJ's a, legit. He's a factor to win around at least. He's legit. I mean, he can ride. He's going to a Rockstar Husky next year is the, the word. Well, that's because uh, Geico Honda's got a million riders pretty much, isn't it? Who have they got next year? Well, they've got... Uh, is that Shmoda And then they've got um, Jet Lawrence as well. So I don't think Jet's gone... Pro, but, and they've also got Mumford. And so all the amateurs are coming through. Yeah, so they got the, a clean house, and so it'll be Martin Lawrence, Mumford, and Schmoder. Do you think Martin's gonna come back? Like, I don't know, dude. That, that's a big injury. They re-signed him for what three years? Yeah, it was, but I'm sure there's a clause in there that if he doesn't show up in the next <laughs> two years, he's probably not getting paid. <laughs> You'd hope so. Not. A, I mean, he might have a good agent. I guess, uh, but. Hopefully he's making bank while he's sitting on the sidelines because that's an unfortunate thing. Dude, that would be an expensive and I'm, um, I'm, surgery. From what you hear in interviews, I don't think he's going to be um, buying Justin Cooper a Christmas card. Yeah, he. there was a bit of beef about and that. And from watching it, I don't think there was any... Malice. Yeah, to it, but it's just... I felt like they both like hit the pocket of those ruts and it just kind of unloaded them different and, and i guess if you're martin it doesn't really matter you're in a situation where you're the one that got hurt but it's not like they were in the back of the pack and some swapper took him out it's yeah two, like really good riders that unfortunately came together or if you get the wrong end of the stick regardless of the intent you're still going to feel bad yeah, about exactly it. so but lawrence so getting back to the point my my prediction for lawrence at colorado is he going to do another parlor uh, maybe i really don't know man it's so hard to say i i pick only because if you don't get a start in the 250s in America, you know, if you're not in even in the top five, you're not coming through. Well, Cincerillo did on the weekend. 
he came from. He what did he get? But that did first you see how third? freaking fast he was going? But I think for him, one of the hardest rounds of the year to win is going to be Colorado because one, he's massive, and two, yeah. to beat a star Yamaha at altitude is going to be a Tough, big yeah. ask. And in the ruts, those long legs. Because you just see those Yamahas. I know that motor configuration is really ridiculously good. The, yeah, but. Far out, it's like cheating on them things. Well, if it? you want to go prediction, yeah, it is. And when you ride them, you can as a production package. Have you ridden there. one? Yeah, not a style. Yeah, oh, I was going to say, no, just pr- the production. Track, you production. Can hear them. It's just insane. Well, you know what it's like, dude. You raced AMA when you're in the tunnel and you hear those Yamahas like just warming up. It's like that is not a 250. Well, I was showing up on a 42 42 horsepower Honda, just thinking, what am I doing? What am here? I? You should have just ran a big board, dude. Nah, I've heard. Well, it's pretty common. Yeah, I hear a lot of the privateers do it in Supercross. I have too much. Um, what's the word? Morals to want to. You put don't a big have body. any morals. <laughs> don't lie. <laughs> when it comes to big bores, I'm not not one to do that. That's not. Imagine if you got caught. How embarrassing that would be to run a big bore. I think people have been caught for worse things. I guess, but who in Australia has ever been caught for running a big bore? True. I think I know one back in the day. Yeah. Not going to say. Care to divulge or? No, not at all. But <laughs> what, at like a pro level? Yeah. Yeah. And it's pretty obvious, privateer getting some Hole shotting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's standard pipe. But um, yeah, like I think that would be pretty much, you would want to just bury yourself, wouldn't you, after that? Getting caught with a big wolf like that. Yeah, true. I mean. That's why, that's the thing that would suck. Like You would have got on TV money. more though. Spending all that money for a fast motor when you can just bolt a big bore in. I guess financially it would be smart if you're... A well, a lot of privateers either practice on a 450 or run a big bore motor to practice on during the week because you don't... I'm surprised not more riders practice on a 350 when you're a KDM rider or that, if you're a, you know, a privateer sort of 250 rider. I think, yeah, it's... I don't know, the 350, I like that bike a lot, but it's not really anything like a 250 or a 450. Well, you're saying people are practicing on 450 for the 250. Mm. I'm just saying. Yeah, it makes sense if you're on a, if you're on KDM. But all right, so that's Lawrence. Where do you think he gets Colorado? I'm gonna go. I'll go four three. Okay. For third or fourth overall. I don't want to put a result on it, but I think he'll oh. be. <laughs> like, if he gets a start, he'll be on the podium. If he doesn't, I don't know. I feel like Cooper's gonna win this round. I think I was gonna say Cooper or Ferrandis win this round. Because I feel like Colorado will suit Ferrandis as well. And, yeah, yeah, Ferrandis, I reckon, will be second. And I would put Cincerello third. But it's going to be a hard weekend for him. So this is funny because I, I knew this was going to happen. I didn't want this to happen. But I knew we were going to start talking about American riders and, like, the American series. But I'm interested. Oh, sorry. No, it's cool. Because it was naturally it was going to go this way. But I want to know what the viewers think. Uh, the listeners, sorry. So hit us up after you listen to this show. Um, I don't really want to do reviews on every American round as well as MX Nationals and stuff. Like we just, we're not there with the show right now for that. But if you want some more international content, like, I don't know, maybe people dig it. Maybe, maybe they want to hear our perspective on the AMAs. Maybe they don't. There's enough people covering it already. Um, but yeah, let us know what you think guys. Um, also last 250 rider from Australia. Not many people are going to know this guy, but Tyler McCoy, um, he is from NT from, from Northern Territory and he's been spending a lot of time in the States. I think he raced a couple of MXD races in 15, Duran, or 16. What year was it? I can't remember. I just remember when he was on the 85, uh, he would do a lot of schools. Um, 
down our way. Yeah. Uh, and so I've seen him right then, but I haven't really seen him, you know, in the results. Sort I of don't really moment. know him super. Like, I know he used to spend a bit of time with Otsi and I used to train some guys from Darwin and, and he was always kind of around, but I don't know much about him, but I know he spends a lot of time in California and he's raced the Nationals for the last... He's raced the California Nationals for the last two or three years and he's made... Uh, he's qualified for the first two rounds and he was he was in the main, so... So it's interesting... Uh, with things like that, because he's obviously not going to go out and put it in the top twenty. Mm. But is that just a lifestyle thing to want to live over there? And because he could come over here and arguably, you know, try and get some top tens in the two fifty class. Is it just that they don't want to be in Australia, or like why is he over there? Like I understand it's the place you want to be and all that, but for him to go out and get some support and, and stuff like that, well, is I that mean, not, a, not what they want, or do I mean there's worse places to be when you're young and carefree, right? I guess if someone's covering the paycheck. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, he's got people supporting him. Um, yeah. Oh, it's definitely cool what he's yeah, doing. It's, like, it's just interesting. It would be cool to see how he'd stack up over here. Like, it's another well, one. take it back for you. Like, when you went to the States, as you were an, an older, you were an adult, you were kind of doing it by yourself, and it was really difficult. But if, say, when you were doing it on the 19s, mum and dad were paying for everything, but instead of doing it on the 19s, you went and raced AMA. Like, Well, that, another one that did that was um, Andy Dinical. Yeah, and Andy. So, and that, and it's kind of disappointing that he's quit or whatever he's doing. But he only did the one professional race over here, didn't he? Yeah, but there's a lot more to it than that. Oh, like, okay. as far as I, you know, I'm pretty tight with Andy, and he's actually a guy that we're going to get on the. I'm going to do a one-on-one podcast with him because he was in the states from 14, um, and he he runs some amateur national championships over there and whatnot. But yeah, he pretty much. Um, yeah, I think the America thing, he just didn't want to come back and do the Aussie scene after that. And you, you could probably relate to that because how much, I mean, it's not bagging out Australia, but that's the pinnacle of the sport, AMA Supercross, isn't it? Well, yeah, if you're going to go spend the money, um, like that was like when I did uh, the Canadian Nationals, I felt like if I was going to go spend my money, I wanted to do it on some cool tracks and, and, yeah. and do it somewhere else other than here. So that's what I did, but... I guess it would have been super cool to see how Andy actually stacked up over a series here because he did do a lot of time over there and, and we didn't really ever get to see what he was capable of. No, I mean, look, Sydney, Supercross, I mean, well, I don't want to speak for him, but he got injured at the start of Supercross. He probably shouldn't have raced Sydney. He just did it because he had that fill-in ride with Raceline and, you know, it was one of those deals that, you know, in hindsight, he probably shouldn't have done it. But, I mean, he did a lot of – he did a pre-season training with me over here before 2018 and as far as how he would have stacked up like his speed was good for i feel like he would have been a top 10 mx nationals guy in any class um i think what happens in the states with the amateurs and if you want to talk about mccoy i think they get so caught up in the american scene and system like andy was always doing the amateur nationals loretta's trying to get a ride to go pro because it's a different system over there isn't it yeah i guess but we got off topic again again yeah <laughs> all right so um Let's talk about um, 450s. We talked about Tyler McCoy. So good job, Tyler. You know, like you said, he's out there doing it, and good job to him. So uh, 450s, let's get Do to it. Do we have a bet on this? or? Yeah, so we've got – so we – the last show we were talking about, Ferris had just finished up on the race line recovery KDM at Murray Bridge, and he was going over to the States. We just got that news, right? Had we? Yes. Yes. And then we had, you and I were talking and, and we said this is what we said, right? What's, what's the sample? Donnell. Like if we haven't heard of him. Wrong one. Nah, wrong. <laughs> wrong one. Sorry, guys. Sorry, it's my bad. My bad. All right. Throwing me under the bus again. You're never going to live that <laughs> one down. Top 10, top nine for you. 
Uh, Top nine. <laughs> if, he's, if he's anywhere between 10 and 14, you owe me 10 bucks. Okay. And if he's that. anywhere from 10 down, yeah. you owe me 20 bucks. Oh, I see. That was talking about Ferris. That was talking about Ferris. So I've got my point to argue that his race results oh, have been okay. 10 to 14, but yeah. his overall championship is eighth. eighth in the championship. So, so he went. 20 bucks, no. Okay. You can just shout Double pizza or next week. Double or nothing? We'll go another bet. Okay. We'll figure, think of something. We'll figure it out after this. So he goes 11-8 at Hangtown for ninth overall, and he goes 10-13 for 11th overall at Polar, and he's eighth in the points. I feel like if there were some more consistent riders uh, in the field, he would would be more of a 10-14 to 14, uh, in the overall standings, but because uh, he did go, what, 10-13 at parlor so i was pretty on the money with that one yeah and i mean although I, he did he had a good ride was it the moto one like so he went back he had a crash and he went back to 21st or so and then came all the way back up to 13th so okay i didn't see moto two moto one he got past bogle he got past a bunch of guys and finished that um 10th position so i've got my money on i reckon bogle will be He'll get one moto in the top six this weekend in Colorado because that's where he, he won. So on he JGR, right? Yep. He no, that was RCH. So oh wow, yeah. Sorry, RCH. So any time that you go somewhere where a bike's a little bit slower, Bogle kills it. So, True, he does. Yeah, even at the Supercross in uh, Colorado, we got fourth. Yeah. And every year you go to um, Lakewood, he does really well, which is quite interesting when a bike's slow. He Seems to be able to ride it a little bit better. Mm, never thought of it that way. But for Ferris to be passing factory guys like that, I know he's a factory rider himself. And the way, if you listen to his interviews of that, he's not pumped with where he is. So no. I think he expects to be in that top five each weekend. So I think top five is, and here's the thing, like looking at that track at Pala, like any time in the MX Nationals where the tracks have been smooth and fast, I don't think Ferris is, like remember at Ranch MX last year? Uh, Longy won and he got beat. I think it was the only round of the year he got beat, right? Don't know. Was that the beat Ranch MX? Yeah, he lost to Longy and Clout. Clout yeah. got his first motor in win the there. back-to-backs, right? It, the double header. Sorry. So that's not Ferris's strong point. And watching him at Pilot, like he was only on camera for a couple laps in that first motor. That's all I saw of him. But it just didn't look like it was his. Um, it just didn't look like he was gelling with the track. Like it's too fast, too smooth. That's not Ferris's strong point. Like when he gets to. Colorado or High Point or Southwick or those tracks that are really gnarly. Like, I think that's where we're going to see him excel in the States. But what do you think? So, if you go through the list of riders in the 450 class, you've obviously got the main ones, Tomac, Roxon, sort of Anderson and, and Muskin. Yeah. So, that's four already. Then you put in Osborne and Webb. For Ferris to be in the top five, he's in some pretty big company. Yeah, I mean, on his day with the start, can he be oh, I'm a not top five he can't guy? Do it, but for him to be at that level, like yeah, I think there's more. Crap. You forgot Moosekin as well. Like and I said, him. Oh, my bad. But even <laughs> you know, throwing Barsha once he's healthy. Yeah, I mean, I just um, yeah, with the start on the right day, I think he could be a top five guy. Well, he uh, showed that at High Point. What, yeah, two years ago, but you know that's different, isn't it? Because that's like it's, a throw an Erky Caro at one thing. Yeah, year. it's that one no pressure. Just throw it all out there, do your best, and you go home. But doing a series is different. We've seen it Same time and time like again. Carl Peters, Toowoomba. Yeah, he comes out and wins. Like, Caro comes to Wontaggy, like, no pressure. You just go and, and do what you know how to do. But when you got a series, um, I'm talking with my hands a lot tonight. I don't know why. 
But um, for Ferris, like, so you think disappointing right now for him? None at all. I think, what did I say, 9 to 13. Yeah, I mean, so, the time he's had on that bike with that team. And I think, uh, like we saw in Europe, when he went to, went over to do those few rounds to fill in for Fevra, uh, it just shows you how much different the factory bike is compared to what he had been riding because he said he wasn't very comfortable. And for him to, you know, have to adjust again, he's been riding a KDM uh, for the last, you know, month or so, and then to hop on a Yamaha and have a week preparation and come yeah. out and be a top... He's been ninth in, what, eighth or ninth in points? Like, yeah, super impressive and... We're coming into tracks that he's going to be more comfortable. It's going to be a slower pace, slower tracks, more not technical. Just switch your brain off. Well, and I mean, honestly, if um, you look at how fast Tomac and those guys were going in that 450 motor, I mean. So, did you think so? Watching Parlor, mm-hmm. that's you know typical sort of American what they sort of practice on a lot growing up, and they looked like they were going so incredibly fast, just landing the jumps with their rear wheel yeah, and monoing, yeah, and just scrubbing. crazy. But yeah. if you watch Hangtown Second Moto in the mud, oh, like, I reckon if you put the top Europeans in that race, they get smoked because not they were going amazingly fast, but you've seen Tomac and Roxon, they all made so many mistakes because I guess you don't have the, the ruts like the that The only the thing time. I'll say about that is, yeah, but then you look at Ferris, who's an exceptional mud rider, and you look at Waters, who won the mud opener at Appen, and they were nowhere. Well, maybe that track was just harder than it. Looked, but well, that's all to I'm me, saying, like, like you watch Parler and you're like, holy crap, no one in the world can go as fast as these guys. But then you watch sort of Hangtown where you, it was quite technical and like they're landing in ruts and all that and they just seem to make more mistakes than I was expecting. I feel, I just feel like track position in, in the AMA is so important. Like it's important in every series, but, you know, qualifying through to gate pick through to the one day format and then your track position from your start, it, it's it's. In, unless Ferris or Waters start figuring out these starts, we're not going to see them on TV and we're not going to see them factor in close to that top five because those guys are gone. So what do you think is more impressive? You've got Ferris over there. He's eighth overall in points. He's on a factory Yamaha. Yeah. But then you've got Todd Waters who's gone over, over on his own back. He's, I'm not sure, what's Todd in points? Todd is 14th in points. So he's a privateer and he's, you know, had similar results pretty much as Ferris. What What's more impressive? I think it's just cool the fact that, like, you look at that first moto at Hangtown before it got muddy and they were battling it out. And, like, those guys... They must been, be thinking far out. Like, I can't get away here. from you, man. Like, but how cool would that be? You know, they've, they've grown up racing each other, right? Are they, they're a similar age. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. You know, Um and now they're on, they've raced each other MXGP. Well, they did that in Europe. Yeah, that's well. what I'm saying. Like, they literally cannot get, and then they're battling it out in AMA in the opening round, and, and they must just be like, come on, man. This is, of all the guys I could be battling with, I'm battling with Ferris and Waters. Well, I think that's just going to be what we see in the future with, uh, I don't think Jed will go to America, but uh, that sort of group of Hunter, Jed, Evans, and Wilson Todd, yeah, yeah. they're going to be racing each other and just, be yeah. thinking the same thing, like, far out, I can't get away from these dudes no matter where I am in the world. Because they're just at that similar similar level, level, I guess. Similar age. So um, you didn't answer that. What? What? Yeah, all right. What's more impressive? Oh. It's pretty sick what Todd's done. Yeah, it is, but here's what I'll say. I feel like Ferris has got more potential to do more yeah, of course. Than yeah. Todd Waters, as far as not not from a, a ability standpoint, but like you see Todd Waters Instagram this morning, they're rebuilding the the bike. His dad's out there, and and um, 
they're at the race SoCal in the car park. Well, I think just if, doing their thing. If you if you, someone said to you at the end of the year, Ferris got a podium, I don't think you'd be surprised. No, but for what Todd's doing, like you, yeah, it's like quite if Todd went to Colorado and got a podium, it would be like mind blowing. Yeah, yeah. But in saying that, I know he's had a couple of down years, but Todd in Europe was consistently beating. If I'm, I think I'm right when Ferris was like the Husky as well. Uh, and Todd was on the factory ice one team. Todd was the, getting the better, the better guy. Honestly, I, d- I don't remember, um, but it sounds right. Because uh, Todd got the podium at Majora uh, in the mud there, so pretty impressive. It's not like Todd's. They've a always bad been rider. similarly matched. Yeah. Um, but what's more impressive? I mean, I love how Todd Waters is doing it. What's more impressive to me is that he's, he's clearly someone's paying for this trip, and it, it's probably him. I mean, he's got bikes from Huskies getting help from people, but, I mean, you know yourself, man, this program he's putting together is not cheap. Well, I think even, uh, what's his name? Sorry, Bailey Malkowitz is in America as well. So the whole DPH team The is whole team's <laughs> over there. Malkowitz is riding with, um, what's his name, DeFrancesco. Oh, okay, yep. I think they're just hanging out. and Because I, I, when I heard, I'm like, oh, is he going to race? But I guess he's not. He's just over there doing some training or something. Yeah, he probably should have lined up, seen, seen what he had. Yeah, I mean, it's probably a bit more detrimental for him to go out and race at this stage. He needs yeah, a little he's bit more not development. he's not there yet as far as like where Todd's at, um, or the four fifty guys. But mate, do you reckon this becomes a thing now? Do you reckon in the, oh, I hope so. It would be cool. It would be so cool if this becomes a thing for the Aussie guys to go. Okay, how sick would it be if Webster goes over next year and doesn't it? I reckon. Yeah, it wouldn't be out of the question. For I reckon me. a lot if of guys thing gonna, would be trying to get a fast Honda. That would be hard. Yeah. Well, if it's not a Geico one, yeah, it would be difficult. Yeah, but it would be cool if that become does become a trend. Cause I think it will. I think guys are going to see this. Because remember there was that little trend like you were doing Supercross and Boppo did it. and um, well, I never really got to it, but I did well, a couple. You were, you were there. <laughs> yeah. you, you did some qualifying sessions, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> what was your – because you were, you were injured, right? Well, I um, – Let's not get too off topic here. Yeah, I'll try yeah. not to. I, I just – I had a fractured – uh, scapula, surprise, surprise, and uh, I wasn't that prepared. So uh, for that year, I went to do it in seventeen. I um, got enough to go to Germany. I did that for a weekend, so I missed a West round, and I just thought, stuff it, I'll do East. So I, when I came back, I went to do a uh, West Coast round in the four fifty class on my two fifty, and I went quite well. I qualified twenty eight, and I think because it was like round three, there was nineteen team riders yeah. uh, in practice, so it wasn't too bad. And then I. Obviously, uh, got knocked out on the start straight in Phoenix. That's right. And that sort of Yeah, you had it. that crazy crash. Yeah, with, and yeah. that was sucked because the only reason I was on the outside like that on the start was in the heat race, I smashed a wheel. Right. So I missed the semi and lined up last in the LCQ and Jeff Alessi, the dumb, dumb person. Yes. Uh, yeah, missed a gear and, and took us all down. You got some TV time from that. Yeah, I did, but I was Not, knocked out. Yeah, like, you were. No one was home. And my foot was destroyed and... And then I didn't, yeah, try and ride with a foot problem, and just end up bad. But but I get all right. So back to the to the yeah, I remember that now. That sucked because I was really bummed out. But Bopping was there. You were there. Um, Bopping was killing it. Remember? He was doing really well. Mosig Kasia. We had those little flurries of guys. Mosig Kasia went there in thirteen. What year was it? Uh, I think it was before that. Was so it's pretty cool that Wilson Todd's running two hundred five because so did Josh. Yes, that looks that did really similar, didn't it? Yeah, uh, I, I think Mosic, if he had more of an opportunity and a little bit more support over there, he could have done a lot better because he only really made the main at Oakland. Yeah, he was on a base program, man. Like that Cowie that year wasn't. Yeah, um, he had the 
what was it? Um, Australian Dave Racing helping him. A, a, what was it? A, a, ADR. ADR or something. Yeah. yeah. Swanepoel was on their team. So yeah, that was like the end of Swanee's career that year, I think. Yeah. He came over here to ride for Eureka after that. Yeah, so, yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, so you had Keisha Mosey do it. Ty Simmons did it in 12. Those guys did it in – We're so off topic right now. Yeah, I know, but I'm talking about the trend of guys going over there. It would be cool if – It was Simmons in 12, then it was Keisha Mosey in 13, and then you and Bopping did it in, like, 17. 16 and 16, 17. 16 and 17. Yeah. So that was super cross-growing, but I think there's going to be a break. Like, this MX Nationals calendar is going to stay pretty similar now, I think, for the next few years. Well, it's almost disappointing that someone like Markowitz – didn't get that ride that he was hoping to get in Europe because I don't think any American teams looking at uh, young guys from over here to sign. But in lo- but does look that Europe, change? Does that change now? Wilson Todd's gone over there and made an impression. Maybe, but I think the more likely thing to happen is a GP team is going to pick up someone like Hunter who had such good results, and then they're going to have to make their way across because yeah. no one, the American teams, I just can't see them looking at our They don't put much juniors. stock in a national championship over here. They're going to want to see MXGP world like, results. Look at, so apparently Malkowitz nearly got signed to a team in Europe. Yeah, No team in America is going to give a stuff who he is. No. But if he was to get that ride in Europe, he could have done a few good years, and there's, it's not out of the question for him to get some good results. No, and then maybe have that as a stepping stone to get to America. It's true. I mean, it's it's and I think that that route that Lawrence has done. I mean, Wilson Todd's going to bypass that because I I bet you he lands a ride in the states next year. But he also has you know quite a lot of good Supercross results and and stuff like that. So he's a little bit older, and hopefully, maybe if he d- does get an opportunity, he can get over there and and we we've already seen he can be a top ten guy. So yeah, for sure. Um, Waters, so 12, 13 at Hangtown, 16, 11, sorry, uh, 16, 11 at Pala for 13. So gone 12, 13th overall, 14th in points. Hats off to him, man. Gnarly, the way he's doing it. He's obviously funding it himself. He he seems to do a lot of these journeymen. I don't know who. He's he always, obviously so funding. I have no idea. This is just pulling it out of my ass. But he always runs a very sweet sticker. Yeah. Is that something to do with some funding or is he got well, someone... Cause I, don't, he, I don't think he's got a strawberry addiction. Like, he's probably something to do with funding. Well, you'd you'd hope that he's having someone help I mean, him look, out. He's not funding it. He's not funding it himself. I know he's got some reasonable sponsorship endorsements from what I hear for, like, Australia, as far as, like, the economy of motocross. I think he's doing one of the best in the pits as far as sponsorship endorsements go. So, clearly... I mean, it's a tax write-off to go over there if you're an athlete and spend that money too, as long as you're getting Well, for him, having those down years, hopefully he can either do this year and and maybe next year over here and then use that as a rebuilding sort of phase and and get back over to America or or Europe because he really, like, Todd really does deserve to be overseas. He's one of our top, right? And he's been one of our top guys for the last decade. But it just comes down to the the economics of it. Like, do you stay here and make bank? I mean, Ferris is... That's the hard thing, isn't it? It's a risky move this year, like we said. I mean, he ended up landing a ride, but man, it's been... I wonder what the paycheck's like on that Yamaha team. Dude, what do you reckon, like five grand a round or something? I don't know. I can't... It can't be more than that, can it? But if you add it up, five grand a round uh, for back here, I guess it's only, what, 50 grand, but... Um, well, fifty grand US by the time he pays tax for being overseas, he ain't gonna leave with a lot. Still, opportunity. Like, look at Todd, uh, Wilson Todd. You have to take it if you get offered. Yeah, I mean, I know you're saying he's burning his his, <laughs> his contract with DPH and just he's becoming an American citizen overnight. 
Oh, well, I'm I'm not saying that he's going to do it because I don't think he would. But no, you just said it, he had to do it. Is what you said? Did I? You did earlier in the show. Well, you have to do it. It's <laughs> factory KDM. Yeah, but that, money it, comes and goes. Factory KDM doesn't. Yeah. So yeah, but maybe I just maybe you're not going to get signed by a team over here I anymore think, if you got an American <laughs> offer. Just, just. I ain't getting no offers made <laughs> anymore. So. Do you reckon Kyle Webster or Jay Wilson's calling up TLD KDM going, I'll chip in, just just sign him. We need him out of here. Yeah, what do you need? What do yeah. you need? We'll make it happen. Although, Webster, what's the, the title chase? It's not that blown up wide open, is it? I don't know, dude. Don't ask me that because it's not in front of me. We've been away from the race. MX National for a so few weeks. So this is one thing I'll you get. looking at me. I have no idea. You're like that guy. Got nothing at the moment. Yeah. We're on so, break. All I've been doing is drinking. <laughs> So completely off topic, and I know we're going to talk a little bit of Aussie stuff, but just two seconds of this. Yeah. Do you find it hilarious that uh, we're in the mid-season break now, and so we've had five rounds of Australian motocross, and one of them was a double header. So we've had four weekends of racing this year. Yeah. Have you seen, and I'm not going to blow anyone out, but they put on Instagram, ah, oh, much needed time off the bike to regroup and get our batteries charged and we're going to have a really tough few weeks coming into round six at Gympie. Dude, you've done four weekends of work for the year. <laughs> I don't know what they're thinking, if that looks good to sponsors or that you're working hard, you need a break, but f- f- you've four weekends of work for the year and you need a break? Like, get over yourself. In their defence, though, they've been grinding it out since, like, January. But... Four weekends of work. <laughs> if you said to someone, you got to do four weekends of racing and then, mate, you yeah, need but a break. You know what it's like, dude. It ain't just the racing. It's the in-between. I feel like people look at America and their schedule's absolutely stupid. In ridiculous, yeah. And they do need a break. But when you're doing four weekends of work and we're in, what, May? I feel like some of the writers <laughs> do say things that the Americans say. Like, I think that's what people want to hear or see. Yeah, yeah. Like, what do you think? You know what I mean? But to, if I guess if you're in the know, you're just like, man, you're making yourself look like a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of them, though. It weren't just yeah, like one guy. Like a lot and of I understand if you've got an injury or something like that, yeah, you need the time off. But maybe I'm just not with the times of Instagram, but I thought that was pretty hilarious. It's 23 points, by the way, from, from oh, Todd I, to what website. I yeah. 21. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, because he had that near DN, not DNF, but that mechanical. Um, back on track. Back on track. Colorado, who we do need you think break. <laughs> exactly been working hard? We have, man. Um, so podcast life. Um, so, all right, who does better, Colorado, Ferris, or Waters? You got to say Ferris. With the ruts the way it is, uh, he's such a good technical rider. Yeah, I think Ferris is. This is going to be the round we start to see him be like a solid top ten guy, both motors. Well, hopefully, he's prepared. They haven't been ripping it quite as deep, but hopefully, because it, it used to be really gnarly out there. Remember. Yeah, at Colorado, like, holy crap. When they used to do the night races and it was ruddy and you couldn't see. Yeah, well, luckily we're not in the night, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when I say we, I don't mean us, but I mean the riders. You were doing those motos with... Uh, I was there Stuart. in spirit, man. What did Tedesco win one of those night races, didn't he? It was 08 or 09. 09, his only win. I was didn't living you? in the States back then. I remember seeing it. I wasn't at the event, but... I didn't you that. get taken out by J-Law at a practice day? That, that is another story. That, really? that did happen, though. He's probably, he probably didn't even realise you're there. He's probably high as a kite. I think, honestly... All right, well, I'll tell this story real quick then. But we're going to bring it up. Then we'll get back on track. So, it was 
it was 06, right? I was in the States doing some training and I'd literally just picked my new bike up. We went to Lake Elsinore. You know, it's like at the, the States tracks. So they have like the vet track and, and all the different tracks. So they were watering the pro track. So I, it was like late in the afternoon. I just wanted to go out and get my bike warmed up and like run in. I just put my suspension in it. So I literally just go out on the vet track. I got no numbers on my bike, no numbers on my jerseys, nothing. I'm a nobody. You know what I mean? Cruising around on the vet track. Obviously the pro track's getting watered. So it was shut. And I'm going to this turn and I just hear, rah, 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 and I just, boom, someone blows me off the track. I was like, what the, f-? like, I was heated. I'm like, why? And, and I looked and dude looks back at me and, and checks out. And I looked at the number and I'm like, holy shit, that's Jason Lawrence. That's all I got. Really? Yeah, but I, I can say I got blown off the track for no reason at all on the vet track. And I think his reputation of being a complete dick is justified because... I was in a bar minding my own business on the vet track at Lake Elsinore and he went out of his way to blow me off the track. Well, that's just a bit of practice. He was pretty good at it. Yeah, well, I was. maybe he was just honing his skills for Supercross. I don't uh, know. I was at, um, where was it, Milestone uh, in 17 and I came up on uh, Buddy Antides and like I, he's, he still gets around yeah. quite fast, but he, I'd catched him from a fair way, so I was kind of, I didn't know it was Buddy. And I revved my bike at him, and he fully brake checked me in a turn. And <laughs> All I that came arena in and cross his, experience. And he took his helmet off, and I was like, "That is the sickest thing ever!" I just got <laughs> brake checked by Bud Man. Yeah, I was so pumped. <laughs> oh, fuck. we we need to do a podcast of just talking shit, not doing actual coverage. But all right, so Cody Cooper. So what's what's actually happened there? He had that. First moto of the year at Hangtown. Yeah, fifteenth. He got fifteenth. And, and has he scored points since? No. So either he's injured or something's gone. He's either out to lunch or he's shit the bed, as you would say. I don't know which one it is. Well, let's hope not, because he's in for the whole series. Once well, again. he did it. Oh, and I don't know, Duran. I, I don't. He must have some. Funding. I don't know who's paying. For, I hear the something to do with. Um, he's got his sponsors from New Zealand, and, and Shane King's got something to do with it. That's what I, I've heard. Don't quote me on that, anybody. If anyone's got any info to correct me on it, please do. But, man, that that's not a cheap – I mean, from the podcast I listened with him doing Pulp MX a couple of years ago, I think, he basically said that he wins in NZ, he gets his bonus money, and it kind of pays for his time with the sponsors in the States. But that's a pretty – it's not a very positive business model. He's got to have someone behind him because even uh, Reese Carter – uh, yeah, he was over there last yeah, year. Yeah, which is a bummer that I'm not sure what his plans are now, but we haven't seen him even well, race over here, which... No, Carter broke his leg in NZ. Oh, in, there you go. In their nationals, I think. So there's someone helping those guys out, which is awesome because someone like Coops, who's, you know, won, what, a million New Zealand titles. Yeah. Uh, if he doesn't want to race here and, and obviously can't get a ride here at the moment, uh, for him to go over and privateer, and he always seems to be floating around getting points and he's number national number 48 so pretty impressive but hopefully if he does do the whole series he's not hurt and you know he can get back on track because for him to not score any points in the last three motos something's obviously up yeah it's it's cool though i mean i like he's doing it he's deciding to race nz race ama it's cool um hopefully he can have a better season than what we've seen so far he went 15th 40th so obviously a dnf at hangtown uh, and then he's gone twenty nine thirty eight at Parla for so he's got nineteenth and thirty fifth overall. So not great, but for him, I think we'll see a few of those breakout rides each year. He does a couple of rounds and you know gets those top sort of. He'll be like a fourteenth at, at a lot of rounds, hopefully. So uh, we'll see that. But the, I wanted to ask you because I was just watching the first four fifty moto yeah. before the show. What do you think happened? How the hell did Roxon not win that? 
first moto. You had a five second lead and just seemed to be doing it nice and easy. And then yeah, was uh, that Tomac and Muskin stepping it up, or was that him blowing out? There was. I got three questions from that moto. That yeah, number one, I think Roxon got tired. Like, because you notice he he's had this health thing going on. He keeps talking about he didn't have anything for Tomac or Muskin as far as up in his speed. Like, he just was doing his laps, and that was it. Like, I don't think he had anything more. Do you think it's kind of, and I understand that this is probably is why he's had these health problems, but it's almost a little bit of a cop-out to be like, it's because the lime at San Diego that I'm sick because I had to have antibiotics. Like, come on, man. I don't think it's a cop-out, dude. Like, he had, like, 100 surgeries in f- well, two I years. Think like, I think it's more the surg- not the nothing to do with the lime. I feel like that you throw that in there you know, to try and justify everything. But for him to have, what, 15 or 14 surgeries in mm-hmm. a year or whatever, I think that is more to do with... Like, his body, like, as an athlete, your recovery time and, and the stress your body's under without surgeries and without the horrendous injuries he's had. I mean, your body, it just can't maintain that workload, man. But it's just, I hope that... Like, like it's so weird that we see him, uh, and I know we haven't had a hot race yet in America, but... For him, I thought it was what a mild day. It wasn't hot by no means. Yeah. And for him to, you know, moto one, I just can't see him getting tired in that moto. Maybe he got arm pump, but for them to close, he should have won that moto. If he's going to win that title, which he's not, it's not going to happen. This you don't year. think he's going to win the title? No. He's got to. With two rounds in, you have to think he's a legitimate title contender. He won round one. Yeah. And when you have Tomac as you like, he's pretty much almost. I wouldn't say he'd been handed the titles, but if they had a, if Roxon was around and not hurt the last sort of two years, he would have been the title because Tomac just will wake up on the wrong side of the bed and then. Well, go that's what I was going to say. So okay, maybe I jumped the gun a little bit. If if Supercross Tomac comes out every other round and finishes fifth or tenth or doesn't race, you know all the crazy stuff Tomac does. Doesn't race with me by injury or whatever, but. If that happens, yeah, Roxon's a legitimate title threat. But if if Tomac shows up like Parla Tomac every weekend, like it's, it's forget it. But he's shown that he, he can't do that. Like even but outdoors, he's more he's he's inconsistent, but he's more consistent than Supercross. I guess, but you look at uh, last year, he crashed at Southwick, didn't like, mm. and and what was it the year before uh, when Hurlings was there? He's just. Yeah, Indiana. Like struggled around in 10th. I know he was going for the title, but it's just he does these questionable rides that's just like, what are you but can doing? But you, can you say that Roxon is any more mentally strong right now? Because I don't think he is. Like, you see what Webb did to him in Supercross. So yeah. to me, Webb is probably more the dark horse when he gets going when they go back east. I think he's going to be more of a title threat than Roxon's going to be. Maybe, but you would think that he would have a little bit more uh, in these opening rounds than... Uh, he's on the Supercross hangover. You reckon? Yeah. Well, speaking of Supercross hangover, um, not that he really has one this year, but watching Anderson in that first motor, he was fast in those opening laps. He was frisky. Yeah, frisky, that's the word. So I think into the later rounds of the year, it would be super cool, and I don't think he will, but how cool would it be if Anderson stepped up and started getting, uh, you know, challenging, I guess, Tomac and and Roxon? Yeah, okay, maybe I'm wrong about Roxon. I don't know. I just the health to me to to lead that motor the way he did. I mean, honestly, to me that was it was Marvin's race to to at least get second. I don't know what Marvin was thinking going wide on every turn for that lap when Tomac was on him, and he just gave Tomac the pass and then got dropped. Did you, did you see that? 
Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, what, 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 what are you doing? Questionable. I guess there's. I mean, the lappers and stuff, but I was like, come on, Marv, you can't, you can't go wide on all these hills and stick with these guys. But that's what I'm saying. And I think what's going on with Roxon personally would be that um, he's been injured making dumb decisions. And I feel like now he's kind of at the point where if he, if he's not comfortable going any faster, he's just going to continue to do that pace. And if that pace isn't good enough, he's going to take second or third. Do you ever think, I wonder how his career would go, would have gone if he never left KDM and Alden? Mm, KDM and Alden is a tough one, I think. I, I know you have to be a certain type of guy to be able to do the nutrition and, and that workload sort of thing, but surely if he had stuck to it, he did look skinny in that 2014 year, but he did win the outdoor title. So, but you look at what really he did on Suzuki, though. Oh, that's true. You know, I mean, he's never quite figured it out in Supercross, but he won that outdoor title. Well, he smoked, and what do you win? 22 out of 24 motos. Yeah. So, and that was without any program or KDM. And I guess Tomac doesn't have Alden. No. It depends on it depends on the rider it depends on the mindset i feel like some elite guys are too big for a training program that's honestly my opinion on it maybe but you can't argue with what alden does you can't but you can't argue with tomac's you know would would tomac go and i mean it's never going to happen but if tomac goes to kdm and goes to alden does he win supercross in 2020 yeah 100%. 100%. So it's, Alden just fixes everything. Yeah, mentally, I reckon he does. You look at anyone that goes there and, like, look at Dungy. got his ass handed to by Villapoto and then goes to Alden and all of a sudden that insecurity of, did I do enough work? Do- it's doesn't, gone. Doesn't help that Villapoto retired? Well, yeah, but also I feel like that insecurity of that Dungy had with the, was I doing enough? Like, look at Osborne, completely different rider when he's gone to Alden. And that's someone I want to talk about. I reckon he wins around. Guaranteed stamp I'll put money on it. He podiums at Muddy Creek. A little disappointed in Osborne so far. Really? He yeah. come from, like, I understand that Tomac was outside the top 10 on the off the start in that first moto and came back to win it. But Osborne was back with him. And mm. he came up and was challenging Webb. Uh, well, he even passed him. He got onto the back of Anderson, didn't he? In, in those he did. Moments. I mean, so, I, maybe I'm being a little harsh on him, but you look what he did the 250 field last year. Uh, you know, I just maybe I would have thought he would have been in that elite group a little bit more in that battle in the first moto at least. Well, it's hard to know. We've uh, we don't have Savachi, we don't have Plessinger, and Hills pretty much just mailing it in, making so, music or whatever he does. Well, he did go what eighth overall. So now that first moto, he actually had a bit of fire in him. It looked good. Still, it's pretty. I mean, I what think it's hell? safe to say he's not going to be on JGR next year. He doesn't have a ride next year at all. No, not from those results. But they can work with speed. That there happens. you go, yeah. He'll get signed up by someone. Someone's going to see Unless, the highlight reel from San Diego a few years ago when he did that quad. I wouldn't be surprised if you just hear Justin Hill just quit, make music and smoke weed. I don't know if he's into that, though. I think he likes training. I think he's into, like, partying. Say that again? No, I know. That's the messed up part, though. Because, oh, look, when I was in the States a few years ago, we were at the, the Rockwell training facility, which was the W training facility now, but they, he was always there training. Like, I think he actually is into that. Maybe, clearly it's not. Maybe the program ain't working, but hes I don't think he's a party guy. Maybe, but... I um, know, I don't know. Something's got to be up for him to like be as quick as he is, and then just, he got one, was it one or two top tens for the entire year in, in Supercross? Supercross, yeah. I mean, look, I'm and not, one came at Daytona, so a, what the hell? Is a mulligan anyway, but... 
but it's still meant to be the toughest track of the year, and he wins. It, uh, sorry, and he gets a top ten. It's something's going on. There. I mean, I don't know, honestly. I I, I might have to. I don't know. So look, Erky Caro, he's an adopted Aussie. Let's talk about him real quick. He goes from Murray Bridge to um, to Hangtown. I, I really don't know what Erky's doing. Haven't had a chance to talk to him, but he went twenty two thirty nine at Hangtown for thirty third overall, and he went seventeen twenty at Parlour. That's pretty good. We got some points. So yeah, that's solid, man. But in saying that, he was a GP rider. I don't know what his GP results were, but um, I think he. Uh, I, I think know. it just goes to show you how fast that class is for him to go over and get. Only a 17th in one of the motos. True. I mean, he did nearly... Well, he did win a moto technically in Australia. Um, but it's so different racing over different sides of the, of the world. You know what it's like. Well, he did seem to be able to do it over here, so... Um, he did it once in, in defence. The rest of the time he was a top 10. And then he settled back yeah, into that sort of 6th, 7th place, dude. Um, anything else you want to talk about for America? Who you got for this weekend? Okay. Four fitties? Yeah. Silence. You can't go past Tomac in Colorado. But in saying that, was it last year or the year before? He just sort of wasn't the same, right? Remember, Baggett came. It's every other. It's every other year. Yeah, Baggett came from last, and (laughs) that's uh, when Baggett broke him. That whole thing. Yeah, yeah. It is never strange, dude. Famous dad. Yeah. Um. So I reckon you'd look like Baggett if you shaved your head. Really, I hope not. He's ugly as. He's got the Mr. Burns thing going on, kind of like you. Great. But yeah, anyway, he's got a hot misses, so he can't get you complaining. I'm telling you, dude, if you podium races, you don't need game. They just love that paycheck. They but anyway, so you've got Tomac for the win. You can't go after this weekend. If he doesn't go out and do that again, there's something wrong. Okay. Okay, no, it's not something wrong. It's Tomac. Anything can happen, but he surely. He might wake up on the wrong side of the bed. He might. He might shave his beard. It might change things. I don't know. Do you feel like his dad, like, beats him behind closed doors and that's maybe why he doesn't get the results. I mean, he's not a mini bike rider anymore, <laughs> but you never know. John Tomac, still full 50 dad spec. Yeah. 100%. Oh, we've seen it. There's plenty of dads at the MX Nationals that are way too gnarly still. Oh, yeah. I doubt it's any different in America. No, it's probably worse. Probably. Wouldn't you just say, piss off dad, I'm making my own paycheck? Yeah, but obviously there's what still What Villapoto did. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of kids have to have their conversations with their dads eventually. Anyway. Anyway. All right, well, that's it for the States. So there's a few other things. Um, Aussies abroad. We don't have any signboards. I feel like this is, like I said, like a cheap SBS TV show. Like, and now on Aussies abroad, we go to the MXGPs. No? Yeah, no, that just made me really uncomfortable. Okay. I'm going to go home now. Because I was looking, making eye contact when yeah, I did no, that. No, I don't like it. That don't accent. do that again. MXGPs, Mitch Evans, Durant, um, and I'm not going to lie, I, I really struggle to keep up with everything because we do – like I keep up with um, obviously MX Nationals, I keep up with AMA, I keep up with all the junior racing, all the guys I coach. Watching MXGP as well, like it's a lot. So I do see the highlights and I see the results, but I couldn't give you a play-by-play on what's been going on. Well, it's kind of hard for us over here. With, um, we don't have too many media outlets and it seems like a lot of the media outlets just copy and paste a press release these days. So we don't get that much information from Europe. Yeah, I mean, there's, I've got Foxtel, I watch it on Foxtel when I can. I've got a bunch of races recorded I've got to watch still. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just tough, man. Like, trying to watch, you know, even AMA, like I watched it last night, it's like a solid two hours, you got to sit there and watch the races. Sorry, on that Foxtel thing, how disappointing is it that Pro Motocross is not on Foxtel this year? Yeah. Like, the struggle to watch that race. Yeah. 
is annoying. And I'll give everyone a heads up now that can't find anywhere to watch um, AMA. There's a couple YouTube guys that are, are streaming them and then it stays up for probably a few hours at least. Moto World TV is another one. And if you go to offroadvideos.org, that's another one you can watch AMA Motocross at. So that's where I've been watching it. Um, not endorsing, pirating anything, anybody. Just once again, we're seeing the corrupt. <laughs> the corrupt side of... <laughs> I'm going to watch me stuff around you now. <laughs> it's not like that. I'm trying to give the... I'm giving the listeners some help, man. Like how to ship your bikes. Yeah, exactly. I'm not telling them to put illegal things in the crates and send them back. Next well, week will be tax evasion with Joe Stevens. We're actually right next to my office and there's a lot of tax paperwork sitting right there if you want to see how I get it done. <laughs> um, were you? Are you surprised at, at Mitch Evans' results? Yes, only for the fact that, I'll be honest, at the start of the year when I heard he'd signed for, I, we talked about it already yeah, on the podcast, when I heard he'd signed for that team on a Honda in MX2, I really thought that was a bad move. Well, I was kind of surprised a little bit. Well, obviously, first round came out and podium in Argentina, wasn't mm. it? To me, I was like, okay, well, that's a flyaway round. Not all the European guys do those rounds because of... Well, the top guys do, so... Yeah, but there's not the depth. I guess, but if you're on the podium, you're only really riding around those top guys. So True, true. But for me, yeah, it was a little bit surprised. And the only other real um, 250 result we've had from him overseas was when he filled in for uh, the Des Nations. Yeah. And he didn't do that well. But then in saying What year that, was that? Six, 17? 17. Six, yeah, yeah, 17. Well, in no, England. Six, in England, yeah? No, it wasn't in England. No? It was in France, wasn't it? Saying, the was that they, the one when Jay got hurt? Where he just raced on the weekend. St. John, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So but how did he end up over that? Was the one when Jay cut himself open practicing and they flew Mitch out? Oh, maybe. No, that was when they flew Cloud out. That was in NA. Well, I'm getting my years confused. Um, anyway, so in saying that, we did see him at Des Nations last year get really good results on yeah. the 450, but for him to step back to the 250 and then get these results on a bike that's not a KDM or Husky exactly over there. that, and that's what I'm getting at. Like he rode the 450 so well, and you go, wow! Like he was never a standout 250 guy over here. So for him to drop back to a 250 in MXGP, like that's it's clear, he's killing it. I can't believe that. Well, he's got two podiums. He's got maybe I think two fourth overalls. He was fourth overall on the weekend as well. Like the last round we had. Yeah. Um, for him, he's fifth in points now, and I it is quite surprising. And on the other end of that is, I feel for. Jed beaten like yeah. for him this was a massive year he showed last year he had the speed until that bike malfunction Husky stuffed be- him up believed in him he got a factory ride well the thing for him that's lucky is I'm pretty sure he's got another year on the deal doesn't he I don't know specifics but so and I think he's I quite lucky he that he's got one more year in the two yeah because are they the same age um, Mitch and Jed I'm not sure but I do know it's obviously under 23 yeah so, so I think they're both around 21 Ish. Well, if Evans has another year in MX2, this which I think really he does, I think he's because realistically he's gonna either that team's gonna get better funding and better equipment for next year, even though it's factory Honda, but it's still a new team. It's two years old, right? Well, the thing with that class is because of that stupid rule, there is a lot of turnover in guys getting shoved out of that class. So yeah. for Evans, a good ride might open up, and hopefully uh, we'll see him on an even better team or. On the same team, I guess. Because, I mean, let's be and honest. If, if you're not on Red Bull KDM, if you're not on Husky in that class, like, after that, 
you know, the factory Cowie team, the factory Honda team, like they're, they're kind of like satellite teams. Yeah, I think... They're not in-house programs. No, and if you look at the hole shots, what did um, Prado. Prado just got his eighth No one's beating Jorge Prado in no. the next five years. Well, Yago Giz just did. True. So that pass... Title-wise, overall title-wise, no one beats Prado. No, unless he gets hurt, he's already missed one round, and it's pretty crazy that he's got the championship lead still. Kind of reminded me of a Hurlings-esque... Well, he's 18. He's still got, if under That's that 23 rule. Thing. Yeah. He can get kicked out of that class pretty soon. And I'm sure they'll change rules or he'll go to America. But that rule is Because I heard he was that going to America soon, but so it never I, seemed to have happened. When I was over there, I think it was in 16. He was there, right? So he, uh, I was out at Elsinore and he was, I guess, 16 or so. Yeah, 16 or 15 at the time. And he was on a TLD KDM riding Supercross. And he was going my speed. Around the Supercross track at 15, and I was just like, who is this kid? Mm. And he was he was jumping quads, and I was just like, holy crap. So if he does eventually go to America, he's going to be good in Supercross. Because back then, like, he was just a kid, and he was killing it. I don't know if he'll go to the States. I feel like the MXGP guys are getting more and more wanting to stay well, in Europe I think with now. the Caroli influence, he may stay. Yeah, because he's heavily under that program. Do you think Caroli wins this year? Guys, is getting going. I, ho- I ho- really hope. He gets the 10th world title. I would love to see him do 10. That would be cool. Because what did Everts do? Was he 9? No, he's 10. He's 10. To so equal Everts, you're a bad dude. Yeah, you would never think that would have happened. And it's crazy that back in the day, he rode a 350 in that class. Yeah, you remember that? But that, well, that would have been more like a 400. That would have been a factory motor. Like, yeah, I guess, but still. It same. wouldn't cut it nowadays, but back then it did. It's pretty cool that uh, halfway through, what, two years ago, uh, they realised that holy shit, we've got Fevre and and Geis and all these guys stepping up. We and they were they did a round on the four fifty. They did a round on the three fifty, trying yeah. to find the medium ground. Yeah, yeah. And he ended up setting on the four fifty just because that level had you know ris- risen. What what I love about Corelli is this. Like I still remember. Um, you watch his documentary on YouTube? No, I haven't. No. You need to watch that. Okay. It's like it's really it's so cool to see. And I remember like why, geez, I left the UK in in oh six. Um, it was the last time I lived in Europe, but I went to the, the Madley Basin GP in 06, and I remember watching Corelli. He was on that Yamaha Dakali team in MX2, and he – I can't remember. Was that the year he was battling – Purcell. Maybe. Um, yeah, but, like, even from then till now, like, how far – I went to the MX of Nations there as well in 06, and, man, even back then, like, he was going so fast in that 250, but to see him – he was just a raggedy 250 rider that was just hanging it out. And to go from that to where he's become, it's such an amazing journey to see where he's gone. He's another one that goes to show an ugly dude getting paychecks. Got a smoking hot missus. He got his teeth fixed. That probably helped. Well, I didn't know that much. Have you seen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, and that's, I mean, it's proven points. You don't typically see guys winning races. With I'm pretty struggling. sure she was um, Strybos's missus. So she's just one of those... You know, goes for the bigger paycheck. Yeah, we talked about those in uh, the show. We're previous. not doing this again. <laughs> not doing it again. I don't have the time to edit shows. I yeah. need to sleep. Okay, I've got to watch sorry, the OC. Sorry. What? Uh, yeah, what? We got to get a sample of that because you just said, yeah. There's a lot of. Uh, yeah, I said, you know, Ferris looking at the other team is uh, like seeing you miss with someone else, and that's when you said there's a lot of them in the pits. So it's quite funny that we all had the same girl in our head when. <laughs> When I said that. <laughs> Let's not go okay, there. Let's moving on, moving on. on. I'm not editing anything. We're moving on. <laughs> All right. Um, beaten, unfortunately, yeah, the injuries. It's a long season, and I really do hope that uh, 
Jed can get over these injury woes. I think he's got a sore shoulder at the moment. I still feel like he's done enough the last couple of seasons that even if he has an injury year, they're going to give him another shot. No, I think he, he's contracted to have another shot. He so, did do a two-year? Yeah, so if, if that is the case, then hopefully he can get everything back on track and can finish the year being a solid podium guy, which he should be. Mm. Uh, and then next year we have a real shot at that. You know, obviously can you Prado's imagine if we hard. had like Mitch and Jed going for the title with Prado? And then Hunter next year being a title guy in America. Putting Australia back on the map. Pretty much. It's like the days of uh, Reed and Berner and McFarlane and Ando. Meddy. There you go. Oh, man, I hope Meddy turns it around for the second half of the year. Yeah, well, surely in this off-season break, his fingers sorted. and um, Hopefully. he can Because be, he'll be one of those guys that can t- contend with uh, those, you know, Gibbs. And Dude, I feel like the last few years he should have been, but it just hasn't worked out. Speaking of Gibbs... He's racing Manji next week. Yeah. So, all right. That's we got to give a shout out to Talia O'Hare as well. She did the the WMX class, uh, the women's in uh, Erne. No, St. John, Portugal, Portugal. She, yeah, she did last weekend in Portugal. And, and where'd she get? She went seventeen eighteen for nineteenth overall. So. Okay. So I mean, Talia. I remember her racing the the WMX class at the MX Nationals last year, I believe, or seventeen. I think she did at Coulomb. She got fourth. I think. I think she's from WA. That's that's all I got, but. Shout out to her. She's another Aussie. This is Aussie. Aussie's abroad. So, yeah. Maybe you guys need to watch SBS more or something. I don't know. Um, but talking about Manjimup, so what do we got coming up in the next few weeks uh, in the Australian moto scene? Manjimup is what's coming up this weekend, right? I feel like we need to make this race bigger in Australia. Like, it, it is quite big and we have the big names go over, but... It would be cool if I mean, the, the problem majority, is it's in WA. I guess, but it would be cool if the majority of the field wanted to go and do it. I think everyone wants to go do it until you got to get – and I'm not – this is not me hating on WA. Like, I love going to Wanneroo and stuff. I wish it's we sick, had two rounds a year in WA. We should always have Wanneroo and we should all – because that way, I, dude, obviously way, growing up in the sand, it's good, but – For you, yeah. It's yeah. like Rosebud. You'd have been all about it. Yeah, so it just shows you who's put in the work. And, yeah, going over there, the sick crowd, everyone goes out there because they don't get exposed to it. I just always enjoy, because it's usually Murray Bridge and then Wanneroo, you go over for the week, you ride all the sand tracks. Yeah. And it's just, Perth's always just a cool place to be. But it's a shame that we haven't been there since, what, 2007? 16. 16 was the last year. Yeah. yeah. When Ferris ejected. Ferris, co- yeah, written off of that oh. tabletop with Gibbsy. That was gnarly. Yeah. So, speaking of Gibbsy, is he all good or he's well, obviously racing? He's racing, so he must be. I haven't really seen any PR from him or anybody else. Well, hopefully he's 100% by the time we get to Gimpy. I mean, you'd, you'd have to think if he's racing Manjimum, he's going to be good by Gimpy. And so, sorry to ask this, but is Clout the red plate holder? Or is it? Yes, he is. He is a red plate holder. It's pretty cool that Clout's, uh, you know, got the red plate going into the last half of the year. It's going to be one of those things to see if he can hold on to it when he's got, you yeah. know. Yeah, well, I mean, look, Ferris isn't doing the rest of the series. Cloudy's emerging himself as the next guy. It's, to me, now Gibbsy's been out for a round. It's going to come down to Waters and Clout. Is that uh, like You're forgetting Malros again. Hayden, I'm sorry. I, I keep doing this. There's that whole Clout thing with Gibbs, is that similar to Cooper Webb and Moose Gam where the number two guy becomes the number one guy? Becomes number one. Like yeah, red plate, you've got to say it. Yeah, maybe. I doubt it. I feel like we're not important enough in Australia to worry about something like that. We're trying to make ourselves important. I guess. We have a podcast show. Well, if we see Gibbsy We actually come have out, two. Shout out Osmodo. There's two podcasts covering MX Nationals. If we see Gibbsy come out and 
saw cloud his front end off. We know there's a little bit of there's tension beef. in the truck. Yeah. But I doubt it. Um all right, so what were we talking about again? Manjumup. Manjumup. Um so CDR are doing it. I think Webster's doing it on a four fifty. Yeah, he always seems to do it. Yeah, yeah. Webster and Rikers. Webster, Rikers. So the WA boys are going over. Kyle Cunningham's, I think, coming. The seven deuce deuce. Adam, yeah. Adam's yeah. over there. Yeah. So a few, but that's all I know. We don't really see too much PR and stuff in Australia. Nah, it's a to me like Manjumum's like it's a shit. It's a throwback to the old internationals that that used to go on all over the world, and they only work in those small areas removed from the rest of the moto hubs. If that makes sense. It would be pretty awesome, and I don't know if it would affect the having Manjumup, whatever it's called. 15000 Yeah, yeah, that's one. Yeah. Um, is Why you, do, is that because it was a $15,000? I don't know. Is it still fifteen grand? I don't know. Well, we should really have done our homework. But we probably should. <laughs> if, if that would be super I mean, cool I'd, if that was on the schedule. If Wanneroo and Manji were on the schedule is she how cool would that be? Uh, yeah, I've never, I've never had the chance to ask Kevin why um, it's never been on the MXN calendar. Well, they probably don't want to take away from their event, to be honest. Yeah, they want it as a standalone, I guess, right? So. On the PR thing, though, with Manji, there is no Instagram page or anything for them. Like, you try and find That's something. That's what I'm saying. It's an old school event. Like, I don't think it's, you know. I guess they probably get their crowd from the local people and it don't don't really matter. Well, it's WA's only chance to see the top guys in, in the flesh once a year, really. It's such a shame that we don't go across because we've got such good tracks, even the... Wanneroo Junior Track. I remember racing the Nationals there back in the day. Mm-hmm. You got Wanneroo. Where was the Junior coastal. Aussies a few years ago? Coastal. Up north. Is that wasn't that coastal? No. Uh, maybe. Um, I can't remember. What it, was. it was a good, another good sand sort of base track. So, uh, yeah, it would be cool if we can make our way across there. I think if the economy picks up, but dude, you know how much it costs to get around the country in a semi truck now. That's why you pay one of the teams to take your bike. That's what I would do. Yeah, it's what the privateers do. But twelve uh, DPH took my bike. But that's what I'm saying. Everyone's paying. Everyone. I like guess. the teams got to pay to get over there. Like it costs the promoter money to get over there. Everything is costing money. Maybe hopefully things pick up. It would be cool to go back there. But uh, anyway, so management's coming up this weekend. Going to be interesting to see the the WMX nationals is there. The women's as well. So you got the second and. Third or third and fourth rounds of the women. Third and if, fourth. Yeah. If the chicks can make their way over there, and let's be honest, no one's really supporting women's racing too much. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, no, no, money true. wise, like yeah. we do have the great events at MX Nationals and stuff like that. But money wise, if the girls can make their way across, surely we can make our way across and and you know have have more riders at Manji and also at uh, have a round at Wanneroo. It would be cool to get back there. I just I, it comes down to economics, purely yeah. and simple. Um, also, we've got Fink coming up next weekend. Yeah, I'm actually going to that, so it's going to be cool. Are you going to Fink? Yep. Are you pit crewing for someone? Yeah, for Van Vliet and uh, Jake Williams. Yeah, nice. So Van Vliet's doing quads and Williams doing buggies. Yeah, I won't hold it against Jake Van Vliet, but yeah, he's racing a quad. We've all known it for a while. Yeah. Yeah. No, shout out Van Vliet. Them boys go hardcore on they the quads. Queensland, uh, what did they sweep the podium last year in the quad class? Nah, he, they didn't. No, nah, he didn't finish. Oh, no, it must have been the year before then. The yeah. Van Vliet yeah. swept it? Yeah. Yeah. They're gnarly on quads. Yeah, well, I wouldn't want to be going that fast with four wheels. Unless it's in a car on the freeway. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But so we got, yeah, the, so you're, wow, okay, so when do you leave? I don't know. I, I just booked it. I didn't really look at the dates. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think yeah. the so Saturday. It's probably for no podcast then that week. Nah, I'll be right. Jimmy, we'll call you. Something like that. Yeah. Um, 
think, yeah, so that's next weekend. So he's pricey just no. doing... Just the car. No just bike. doing buggy. I mean, sorry, just doing trophy truck. Um, so Jack Simpson, you got Victorian guys, Jacko, you got uh, Cal Norton. Um, well, he's calm. What bike's he on? KDM. Factory Kato. Oh, well, that'll be good. I think for someone like uh, Jack Simpson, it's a tall ask to for him to be on a 450 and want to go for the outright win against those KDMs. Mm. I think those KDM bikes are on another level. And I even think if you ask Jack, he would say that he's just going for that class win this year. Yeah, I mean, it's the first year they put that off-road program together. Sorry, that desert program for Honda. So it's going to be a learning curve. But he's doing it pretty legit. Like, I think he might surprise some people. Well, I picked him to win it. Well, not win it, but at least challenge Pricey. I remember him talking before the event, and that was his main goal. And then it sort of didn't really come together for him. But we got third last year in all the testing. He is insane. Yeah. So Jacko's gnarly. Like when it comes to that stuff. So hopefully he can put it together and you know challenge for the win because we've having Pricey not do it. There is well, there's no Pricey, open. and I don't think Walshy's doing it either, right? Oh really? Mate, am I? Is he Norton's teammate? We're trying to sound like we know what we're talking about, but I really, really mate, if you don't if you don't know about Fink, there's a movie coming out. You'll learn a lot from it. Fink's a really cool event. So have you been? No, I haven't been, but I follow it quite closely. <laughs> Look, I'm just saying, I like it. I think it's a good event. No, I'm just sorry the way you were talking it up. I'm like, I, I oh, hear, okay. I hear Paris is really nice. Yeah. I've never been there, but. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm. Just, I'm gonna unplug my mic. I'm gonna go home. You can do this yourself. No, I hear things sick. I, it's it's on my to do list. I'd like to do it one year, but also I don't know if I want to go that fast in the desert. Yeah, unlike so you two, I work a nine to five job. I can't just drive to the desert. All right. I'd love to do Hatar or think of that, but Hatar. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to sound posh. As if you've never done Hatar. No, I have. I've done it, but oh. I would like to do it again. You'd like to finish it. Imagine if I hit the ground at that speed. <laughs> yeah, you'd probably just disintegrate. Yeah, nah, yeah, it's not nah. going to happen. Um, so, yeah, Fink's coming up. I want to do a Fink. We're going to try and maybe work on a Fink pre-show. Maybe we'll call you up there. Um, I'm pretty tight with Jacko. He's been riding with me a lot lately and doing some gym. I wanted to get him in next week, but um, he leaves on Saturday. So, hopefully, we might be able to call him up too. Um, maybe get the Van Fleets on. Get a you know get a feel of different disciplines. But I say this a lot in the show that we're going to do this, we're going to do that and it's not been the most consistent thing right now. So don't hate on that guys. We just have a lot of real world stuff going on at the moment. Um cuz mid-season. You're just lucky that I have no life and I can pretty much just text you and be like, "Hey, we're doing a show tonight." And you're like, "Yep." Sweet. Yep. Donnell's like, I, I, work you. A, "I work 40 hours a week." I'm Yeah. 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 I got other shit to do. <laughs> you're always here though. I appreciate that. Um, only other thing with Aussies abroad going on right now, GNCCs. We've got Milner and Snodgrass doing the uh, GNCCs. Josh Strang got Strang fifth. got fifth. Milner. Milner's always kind of struggled with GNCCs, but... Yeah, he got 13th at the last round. Yeah. Um, Snodgrass man, got 22nd. Isn't that more to do with his diabetes than anything? It, yeah, because... Yeah, I remember when he went over there in 15, he just couldn't get that figured out with the food situation. But I also feel like Milner's a smart guy and he goes and does MXN. Well, he figured it out at Hadar, so... Hatter. Hatter, yeah, he figured it out. He won that. Hatter. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's in Australia. I guess. Maybe the... I think it's the food in America he struggles with. Oh, but okay. Yeah. Um, you know, everything's full of sugar and for a diabetic. It's delicious. It's so great. Tell me, that, tell me that when you're 30 and the dad bod is a constant problem. Anyway, um, so yeah, GNCC's, those boys are over there doing that. And that's probably a wrap. 
as far as this show. I wanted to keep it short tonight. That's uh, covering some stuff that's been going on overseas with Aussies abroad. And um, we might do one off Colorado, Jerem. Maybe we'll see how that goes. Um, we might not. But like I said, let us know what you think about the international coverage, guys. Um, if you really dig it, we might do more of these shows. Obviously, our priority is doing shows during the MX National. So we'll be doing shows every week once that series is back running. But um, at the moment, I do want to start getting out weekly content. But... Just with everything we've had going on, it's been a bit of a struggle, but we are working on it behind the scenes. And um, let us know what you think about talking about the AMAs. If you guys want to hear us, maybe do more of that. Um, yeah, let us know what you think. Get the DMs coming. I appreciate the love. Share it. Um, get it out there. Tag us in it. I really appreciate everyone's support. If you hate it and you think we're just a bunch of idiots talking smack on the uh, internet, then tell us that too. I'm cool with it either way. Um, and with that, I think that's a wrap, guys. Thanks for listening to the Inside Dirt Show from uh, Joe Stevens, Duran, Donnell. Peace out, guys.